Welcome to The Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Fanny Darling. And I'm Justin Hartung. As always, a quick warning, there may be spoilers for anything we talk about on this podcast, but we will do our best to let you know that they're coming. This episode, we're talking about Resident Alien with Alan Taduk as a homicidal but secretly sensitive alien, the French spy thriller Lupine, and the latest game-changing episode of WandaVision, and more. Okay, as always, this is a plea to rate and review us on, I'm just going to go them off in like a drum beat here, Apple <laughs> Podcast app, Podchaser, Podbean, Stitcher, or and CastBox, or wherever you happen to find us. Let us know that you like us. It would make us feel good. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> How you doing, Justin? I'm good. I'm, uh, you know, I'm... Uh... Feeling the optimism of a few weeks ago of a new president is slowly building. Uh, my friends are getting vaccinated. My parents and various other older people are getting half vaccinated. <laughs> what that? What did you say? Vaccinated. I said ha- I'm half, half vaccinated. Half vaccine yourself, and uh, <laughs> I, I'm rooting for uh, you know my own day. But I'm happy for everyone around me, and um, I'm looking forward to when we can do this in person again. That'll be me really too. nice. Yeah. I go for my second dose uh, next week. So, you know, nice. history of cancer finally planned dividends. <laughs> I did actually sign up. There's a new, um, I should know the link. This would be helpful for listeners. But if you Google, there's a new sign up for unused doses. Um, I will maybe tweet it out. Oh, nice. um, so I signed up for that. And of course, had the fun thing of like, Am I obese? I got to check that box. I got to figure that out. Um, according to my BMI, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm very close. So my relationship to ice cream, like, might change in the next Get a month. little more intense. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll You'll be see. like the Simpsons episode when uh, Homer got real fat so that he could get disability. <laughs> I'm kind of right there. It is, it is surreal. <laughs> like, I don't know. I saw our friend Amy tonight and, um, you know, they've been vaccinated and I was very much like, yeah, like your worldview has just totally changed, but like mine hasn't. <laughs> like, well, I mean, um, yeah, for yourself, but it's not. You still can carry exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. So my my worldview hasn't changed, except I just don't have to worry about myself as much. Totally. That's and it. I I think there's going to be a lot of cognitive dissonance around that, even even oh, in people that that think they understand that but might not. I think it'll be a really interesting couple. Of, months hopefully just a couple of months but we'll see um, yep yeah so okay gonna... <laughs> so this has been the political commentary part portion of our pop culture ad podcast yeah, if well, you're all still there it's good to <laughs> no, cover. Okay. i'm sure everybody's yeah. relating to this um oh absolutely i'm just yeah. kidding yeah we <laughs> and but do we want to talk about pop culture Let's do it. Let's distract ourselves until I get my shot. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, We're talking about Resident Alien this week, which is um, the Siffy sci-fi that works. It's new series starring the always wonderful, amazing, charming, just you really want to sit down and have a beer with him, Alan Taduk. And he's an alien who crashes onto the earth and takes over the identity of a small Colorado town doctor. The mystery here is, is he genocidal? Is he lonely? Is he a little bit of both? All kinds of 
fun little tidbits there. Um, I think spoilers for the first episode are okay since we're going into the fourth week. But it, other than that, we will try and warn you for second and third episodes. What did you think, Justin? Yes. So I've seen two of them. And I, to tell you, kind of get get a sense of my review, I, I struggled to start the second one. And not because I think it's a bad show by any means. Like, I get why this tickles uh, some people in just the right spots. I think, as we said in the intro here, Alan Tudyk is always so good and funny. And I can imagine he's going to build this character and get uh, funnier and funnier with it. But something about well there are a couple complaints i have something about the texture of this show feels very cbs all accessy like sci-fi like it feels like it doesn't have a visual identity and that for a show like this just kind of bugs me i need that with this it's just sort of like his alien makeup is really basic but not basic enough to be funny it's just sort of like oh (laughs) wow that's like really just bad lazy alien makeup um and then the town it i I have read people comparing this to northern exposure with Mm -hmm. an alien and it does it's all very very familiar and and kind of the look and feel of it are very familiar i will say i think he pushes it out of that box as much as he can. And I think some of the supporting cast definitely does. We were just talking earlier. There's a little kid in the show that like absolutely when I made it through the second episode, I was like, ah, he's kind of funny. Like I can see this show getting stronger, but I just don't know if the roadmap is there to kind of keep me going along. It feels like three different shows. It feels a little like sci-fi kind of plot. Like what's the mystery of this alien, um, a kind of sentimental small town, Northern exposure drama with characters that I don't so far really care about all that much. And then this kind of like wacky black comedy, which of course being me, I'm just like super attracted to. And I'm like, yeah, go darker, get weirder. And it's, it feels a little stuck between gears for me. So I would say based on these two episodes, it's kind of a not for me. Um, But I, I I try, this is the nice thing about this podcast and our friendship. I trust you you to tell me like, oh yeah. It's time to tune back in. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's how I land on this show. Um, What did you think? this is for me. Uh, and if it was not for Alan Tudyk, this would not be for me. This would be, uh, yeah, that's cute. I've seen it all before. He manages to say lines that would be corny coming out of anybody else with a really gr- and doing a voiceover, which doesn't usually work for me. It's a lot of voiceover. Just, <laughs> with just so much finesse and dry humor and charm that I... I, I'm in the relationship between him and the the kid as the antagonist is killing me. You know, when your main antagonist is an eight-year-old kid who can tell you're an alien and nobody believes you and then realizes he's no longer afraid of you. And so he's <laughs> he's openly poking at you. It, I, it's great. Um, I love that relationship and that bit of it. I, I do hope it goes a little darker um, and that that he actually continues to pursue his goal of destroying all the humans, even though he sort of likes them. <laughs> uh, and I, I would suggest simply watching some of the third episode, just because the antagonist picks up a teammate and you might actually like 
that interaction, there's a little bit more of it with the kid and it's becomes quite apparent that they're going to lean into that part of the show. Nice. Um, let me watch episode four and tell you if that, if I, if that belief is true and then you can jump back in. But I mean, I really can I see the show going either go way. Someplace really well. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I think can it's see the, the much, <laughs> much like we talked about after the first two episodes of WandaVision, where it was like, I like where this is going. I don't know what's going, how I'm going to feel about it in two more episodes. In a little bit, we'll get on to how I feel about WandaVision now. Um, but that's how I feel about this. I like where this is going. Yes, I see a lot of it's pedestrian. We've seen this before, CBS-ness, CBS with swears. Um, <laughs> but I tr- it has enough, good enough bones, and I trust Taduck enough to hang in there and if he fails me i'll just go back and watch tucker and dale versus evil four or five more times and it'll be fine <laughs> or strangers with candy um i'm gonna sit at the welcome table which is my yeah. introduction to him which is still one of my favorite things also weirdly crushed out on that guy i do not like blonde guys he's i don't either i don't get it sexy um, see i don't go for that but i do find him just i he is i i want to be his friend real bad i don't find him sexy though now, there's a, a weird unspoken influence in this show that I thought of immediately in the second episode. I am getting so much pinky in the brain from this episode. Oh, like absolutely. Show. Yeah. It, it's yeah. sort of the same, you know, vibe, which is funny because I haven't watched that new Animaniacs, which is sort of bringing... You should. You were, yeah. I've watched more Animaniacs than you. You should watch it. I know. I'm going to give it a shot. Um, but yeah, there's a very much... And the thing about... Pinky in the Brain, where you have sort of a genocidal but somewhat softy. Um, although I will, I guess, uh, you know, the brain is a little more psychotic than um, right than this. Well, we so don't far, know that. We don't know that exactly. Um, but it 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 has that. It walks that line, but I think because it's in such short doses, like in this show, I find myself for an hour being like, "Oh God!" <laughs> like I have to do an hour. That's like it almost feels like to me it should be like a half hour, and like like right. almost like the good place. So the good place people were doing this show, and it were a really tight half hour that felt sort of tonally um, like I knew what they were doing. I would be more into it. I think if that makes sense. Right. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally. Um, who else? I like the the supporting characters. Um, I, I'm a little bothered by the like, you know, mystic Native American sort of seeing through him. I'm like, oh God, really? We're doing that? Um, uh, but I like the relationship of that character and his his daughter. I think that was kind of a yeah. nice grace note that I didn't expect. Um, I the weird there's some weird stuff with the women like fighting but also being friends it feels like slightly icky and weird like oh we're catty bitches but we like each other I was a little like what's happening here this is weird um yet you never had that friendship huh I guess not I don't know it just felt a little I like have. I mean I'm not saying that it's not cliched but there are that's it's not unrealistic and it's not you know Especially if you're in a small town and there ain't nobody else to hang out with, but you're in a small town and there ain't nobody else to hang out with, you know, and you've yeah. known each other your whole fucking lives. I get it. Yeah, I do. I, I hope that grows because to me right now, it feels a little bit like women can't understand them. <laughs> like It's like that's how it reads a little bit, um, which I think his character is being used as 
sort of that fish out of water lens of like, you know, right. the absurdities of small town life. You know, obviously he's viewing them through the most kind of distant eyes and I get what they're doing, but it just, I, I'm sure they'll challenge that knowing the people involved. So yeah. hopefully. Um, yeah. Anything else? I like that scene. Sorry, spoilers for the second episode. Um, tune out now. One, uh, Alan Tudyk you never see ages. see what our spoilers two... look like. <laughs> three uh stitches in a resi- resilient kid um i liked the opening of the second with the guy falling and then the callback i was like oh see it's like little parts of the three parts of the show pull me in i was like oh i kind of want to see that show like right. that's weird and a good sort of tension builder and i like the way that they framed it um but then there was a lot of like mopey indie rock in between with like <laughs> That woman missing her. It's just like, do not like this part of the show. So, <laughs> that's just me. That's the CBS part of me that I just, I'm wired to be annoyed by. So that's fair. Yeah. Do you want to drop the alien in the Colorado town and go on to a 70s and 80s place? Yeah, because it's been, I can't remember where we left off last night. We left off, yeah, yeah they had just gone to color. We left off after the 60s. Okay, we hadn't so we watched the third two. one. Great. Okay. Yeah. yeah. WandaVision. Um, we're discussing episodes four and five? Three, three four, and four? Three, four, and five. three, four, and five. Okay. Okay. Um, we, we talked about the show a few weeks ago. We both really liked it. How are you liking WandaVision now? Uh, we're going to go to spoilers because I feel like, yeah, just if you want to. You can't talk now, about it without. Yeah, this is a spoilers kind of show, so please bail out if you do not want to hear this. Um, <laughs> Maybe we'll make some sort of fake commercial so that when you're <laughs> scrubbing through the, the spoilers, you'll know that you're at the end of it. Um, what did I think? This We left it with, this is a nice show. This could go someplace really special. I think I was slightly more, I think this is going to go someplace special than, than you, just like by a, just a infinitesimal amount and the the third episode i was like yep i'm super in the fourth episode i was riveted and the fifth episode that's it this is brilliant this is so good and i've gone back and watched most of the episodes two possibly three times doing some deep dive crazy wall things after some reading i might read the comic book (laughs) you know and also just the way it is telling its story and its intelligence about everything that it's doing, not just for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is really interesting to me, what they're setting up and and how they're doing that. Those pieces as a writer fascinate me and they're doing it so well. And so they're just so smart about it that I respect the hell out of that. But they are also making a really touching, really funny, incredibly well-acted, so tightly written show that you don't even have to know about any of of that, that other crazy shit to find entertaining, touching, uh, suspenseful. I, and Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen, my God, I, I have loved them both for so long. And yet I continue to be amazed at how talented both of them are. And I, am 
all in on this show and and think that everybody should watch it. It's so great. And since we're in what spoilers, think, <laughs> well, since we're in spoilers territory, I'm going to ask you some questions yes. first. Yes, um, please. Okay. So, uh, were you as the lesser uh, MCU person? <laughs> I, I'm kind of um, I'm kind of baiting you here because I already know the answer. But um, what were you sad to not see Aaron Taylor Johnson, or were you happy to see Evan Peters as uh, I? Okay, I think I've talked about this on this <laughs> podcast before, but I adore Evan Peters. And one of the only things I remember from all of the X-Men movies that I have been drugged to by various people in my life and haven't really cared or liked about any of them, friend of mine is in those movies, okay? Like, <laughs> girl I went to high school with that I love very much, still hate those fucking movies, okay? Not my thing at all. The one of the only things I remember is Evan Peters' performance from Days of Future Past and how funny he was and charming and touching and his interplay with Fassbender in that movie. I, it stands out for me. It really does. I never really forgot it and always had sort of affection for that movie because of his scenes. So when I saw the back of his head, I literally stood up from my chair and started clapping. I was so excited. <laughs> And, and Kat Dennings, yeah. I they recast P- P- Pietro had me on the floor. So. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, I think the thing that's so cool about this is that it does open up. Like yep. we can pick and choose the people that we like from these universes, and you know, because they do that in comics all the time, right? Like, yep. of like, oh, you're so and so, but from another universe, and um, well, and that they're not even trying to pretend like it's not because because that's part of their whole plan. Right? Is here comes the multiverse. Here it is. Yeah. You know, it's fun. It's like this yeah. is the fun stuff that I think uh, comics yep. are great for, and I think that this show is taking advantage of it in a way that the movies. Uh, certainly didn't up till now. Um, right. And and I think the half hour format of this and, and so rolling good. it out week over week, I'm like, this is like a comic. This is like how yep. you read comics. Um, Absolutely. And I'm really enjoying that kind of experience of it. Um, and then just, you know, I, I never thought of the MCU as being sort of the J.J. Abrams puzzle box kind of figuring out the mystery. Um, right. I, I didn't think they were particularly interested in that or they weren't doing that which is probably smart to begin with but a right. good puzzle box that pays off is super fun yeah. like jj abrams yeah. has trouble with it but i like right the and journey. It's, a good, it's a good puzzle box with a payoff because it's not incomprehensible and you don't have to be playing the puzzle box to enjoy the show totally it only adds an extra layer of fun for everybody of you know who is you know who is Agnes, you know, like what, what, and then when you know certain things going back and watching very early reactions to other scenes, um, uh, Phil, uh, Emma Caulfield's husband in the second episode, when they show that the piano's fake and they cut to him and he says, that was my mother's piano. And Emma Caulfield goes, Shh. and it's so obvious from little lines like that and the scene with the the boss and his wife coming over for dinner when you know from episode five so much more it's obvious that the townspeople that's their moments of break from the control and their own you know responses to stop it you know he's actually dying stop 
this for a minute and save him. And But that was my mother's piano, and I sort of cared about it, and you turned it into a piece of cardboard, you know? And right, it right. just really, re- I would recommend, I know you're not a rewatcher, but I really would, knowing what you know. And I, I know you've done I've been wanting little, to rewatch this, so. I, I would recommend it. It's so, and it's not hard to pick up the things either. Once you go back and, and have some fun of, you know, really looking, it's it's just fun. It's not hard to, to play along. So now we get to do speculation time. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> do, you, do you think that uh, Evan Peters is actually... Quicksilver um, from those movies, there's been a lot of theorizing that he might not be. And I, I don't, I'm very curious. I'm very, I have, I don't know what I think. So I'm wondering okay, what you think. I'm going to, I'm going to go with what I think because it's what I want, not because I know anything or there's any hints or any of my deep dives. I want him to be Quicksilver from that movie. From the X-Men uh, movies, who, right? It'd be yeah, so from the better. X-Men movies. Who yeah. is still her brother, but right. slightly different. And uh, I'm sure you've read or seen this, that they're based uh, that the, the Family Ties episode specifically on the Tom Hanks episode of Family Ties where he's the, the drunk. No, I didn't know that. He's an alcoholic and he, you know, and he even drinks like a full thing of vanilla extract. Do you remember that episode where Tom Hanks is the, the fun uncle no. who it turns out he's an alcoholic and, uh, and that's why oh he's God, always so fun. I gotta go yeah, go, this. yeah, you should go watch it. Okay. And they kind of split those two feelings with Agnes being super weird and loopy and showing up and, and kind of being, you know, Auntie Ag- Agnes. But then at the end, having Peter show up and he's doing a sort of weird accent for Quicksilver. So he's kind of off. But the accent is strange. Yeah. 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 But. That's because they've said it's sort of based on that. I feel like he is actually going to be Peter Quicksilver and it's going to cause more friction between her and uh, Vision because he's going to start to realize. So this isn't your brother like you've described him and and rolling from there. Now, my question to you is. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Did Vision and, and Peter Pietro ever meet? Did they meet I don't ever? Know. I don't know, but I, I think he'll I know from Wanda's did. reaction. I don't know, because I don't right. know the okay. movies well. But my guess is from Wanda's reaction, whatever happens, she'll be like, you know, this is different. Or she'll she'll say something that will tip him off. And he's already tipped off. You know, he's not stupid. Right. Uh, I loved all of that. <laughs> was, and that was so well done in this episode yes. of, like, their rising tension and her yes. grief. And I think that's what makes yep. it so good is that it's tied always to her grief. Um, yep. And as long as they're Absolutely. true to that, it's like that's what makes great comic-y kind of entertainment. Yes. And now I'm going to ask you without making an uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson Johnson joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there have been rumblings that maybe they're both going to show up. How would you feel about that? I mean, I think if it were addressed in context of like, you know, her realizing that her brother in this universe is not this person like i don't it all depends i think on where they're going with why he is there and who did it and how it's tied in i mean my theory about the show is that um i you know that she is you know so i don't think i've read this anywhere yet but the 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 sentient weapons organization or whatever sword like who is the sentient weapon like obviously 
uh, Vision is the, the first choice, right? Because they had it right. in that um, thing and they'd taken him apart. And clearly that guy that's in charge of that team. Yeah, is he's she. obviously a dick because yeah. that guy never does anything but play a complete dick. Totally. Ever. In fact, he just played Brett Kavanaugh on SVU this week. Oh my God, that's That guy hilarious. always plays an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, but I think she's also somehow like the other sentient weapon they're trying to figure out how to weaponize her reality bending kind of thing because i definitely think it's obvious that she's controlling a lot of what's happening and that she created this particular bubble or dome or whatever you want to call it but she's not the only one in control you know what i mean there is there is somebody working you know as much as monica rambeau says it's all wanda yes Everything that Wanda did to her was all Wanda, and she is controlling the town, but why? And who is controlling her controlling the town? I don't think it's as simple as she's in there. They're using her grief against her, which is very interesting. Um, And here's my reason why I don't want Aaron Taylor Johnson to show up, and it's a very geeky, small, like, silly thing. It's said that she went and got Vision's body and brought him into the bubble. Right. Well, Pietro died so long ago, she doesn't have his body. So if they do all of a sudden bring him back, how are they doing that? Right. How are they going to, how is she, will she have brought back somebody that she doesn't have his body or she isn't creating him? It's it, unless, just a there's little... some, unless there's some shape shifty stuff. Like I think right. clearly then, Catherine right. Hahn and Emma Caulfield's characters will probably turn out to be somebody different. There's going to be somebody that's shape-shifting in this thing. Yeah, or or they just didn't get recognized. I mean, I've done a bit of a dive into and and have a belief. I don't know who that character is, except for the research I've done into who Catherine Hahn is, and and I'm pretty sold on that one. Why, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, that one makes a no, lot of it, sense. And, I, I just read that that wiki page today. I mean, I guess yeah. we're not we're doing spoilers here. So Agatha Harkness for anyone who wants right. to go like Google Wiki, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm yes. sold on that one. Emma Caulfield, yeah. no clue. <laughs> I don't know. No clue, no idea. But I do think she's important for certain certain reasons. They have the line about uh, Dottie is the the center or makes things happen in this town. She's yep. like Dottie. They they mention her a lot, and you don't. Just bring Emma Caulfield on. She's too specific in the pop culture world, and uh, especially with Whedon people, and you just don't just cast her to toss her off. There's a reason. Yeah. Um, she hasn't been in it enough. I'm like, come on, more yeah. Emma. Yeah, so, yeah no, they'll bring her back. They had yeah. the, She had that quick line in the when the power starts to go out, when, when uh, Wanda goes into to labor, when she comes out and she says, do these earrings make me look fat? And then the power goes out and Phil goes, oh, thank God, because I didn't know how to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> I really like her and Phil. Totally. Uh, now, who... There's a reason that all of the animals keep showing up. There is a reason for what all of their names are. I don't have enough information to know if it's one of the two people that they're playing with. Um, But it's interesting to follow that, to be like, yeah, there's a, this, nothing in this show is accidental. There's just, there's nothing that's a mistake. And generally it could go a lot of ways. And I love that they're so on top of the kind of meta narrative of it that I think they're really playing with like, we all know you're weird researchers of comics and whatever and you know sitcoms buy you another colorist 
You better get some more yarn for your yeah. crazy wall. It's just, <laughs> it's like a joy to have a show that actually feels a step ahead. You know, it's like, yep. nice. I miss that. Um, but that isn't trying to make you feel dumb about it. It's right. like, Hey, come on, this is fun. You want to play, you know, totally. instead of, Oh, you're not geeky enough or show us your, you know, geek bona fides or bona fides. I know you say bona fide, but <laughs> uh, you know, prove to us that you care enough about the, the world. And you know, I'm I'm fake geek girl when it comes to Marvel. I I don't know shit, but I'm still having fun, and it's hooked me enough to be interested in some of the stuff. Now that's totally. again, I give Olsen and Bettany all credit for that because they uh, are yeah. so winning and engaging in this. And now Dennings and Park, man, that they, they just wrote a recipe that. for Fanny. You know, <laughs> I can't wait, and I hope this is what's happening. Is some. Are they going to do some X-Files oh, show with the, like that no, crew of oh. characters? Is that a thing? Wouldn't that be awesome? But, but okay, so the 90s is supposed to be uh, Roseanne. Oh, really? And, Exciting. Yeah, nice. And the aughts is, I can't remember what else, but also The Office. So right. my guess is The Office is going to be the sword office, uh, the sword storyline oh, and then whatever fine. the aughts the uh modern family is the so it's going to be modern family over here and office with sword because they're both those you know fake documentary right uh type shows right so that's what i think is that somehow sword's going to get pulled in a little bit more and that's how they're doing those and i can't wait to watch randall <laughs> park and cat dennings be you know pam and <laughs> Yeah, I I was super into that dynamic. I wanted more of them. It actually almost felt like when I first saw Park and when I first saw Dennings and when I first saw I don't, who's the woman that plays uh, Monica? I don't know her name. Tiana Parrish. Yes, um, she's not new to you. She was in Beale Street. She was in uh, oh Dear God. White People. She was in. I didn't see she's Dear not White new People. To you at all. Okay, yeah. but <laughs> she's yeah. been in a bunch of other stuff you've seen too. <laughs> okay, um, but she is great, and I. Um, like all of their chemistry together when they finally sort of like get together you're just like oh, totally this is great i want this to be a thing uh, totally um, and also okay she's dealing with grief which is like yep. so smart so it's like and they are using they they did a throw-off line and her reaction to it to set up the captain mar i mean the yeah the captain marvel spin, uh sequel where it's obvious she's got some tension and isn't feeling so happy about you know about carol right now yeah and they, they're doing that well and subtly um uh, okay. I have a question for you, okay. Marvel head. I'm laughing because um, I'm like, this episode is going to be short, and we can't stop talking about. Wanda. And then I said, <laughs> you always say that, <laughs> so I'm going to keep right. you talking just okay. to prove that I'm right. Um, go. okay. He, she says, uh, Tiana Parrish. Sorry, Monica says, I know an astrophysicist. Who's it going to be? I know an astrophysicist. I did. I think I did hear that line, and I was it's like, the, oh. it's at the very end where they and and. Uh, of this most recent episode? Yep. Right. Yeah. Oh, good question. Uh, could it be... It's not... No, it wouldn't be dude from uh, Thor. Was he an astrophysicist? Cat Dennings, like, old guy? Is he dead? No. I can't remember. Uh, um, he's not dead, but I don't think it is his. Also, right. She would be like, I know an astrophysicist. It would yeah. not be her to it's say that. It's Deanna Parrish that says it. Yeah. I don't know who else that would be. You have an idea, clearly. I don't have an idea. I've read a few theories. Okay. Um, uh, and now I can only think of one, which is their way of trying to figure uh, people. I guess uh, Emily Blunt and John Krasinski have been talked about being cast as somebody named Reed. 
help me out. Uh, Fantastic Four. I've been reading yeah. a ton of Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah, that um, it's possible that it's John Krasinski as Reed. And then there were like two or three other people look into it and get back to me on what you think, because yeah. that was like the least interesting of the theories that I read, but now I can't remember what the other theories were. I think the weird thing about that, and which would be a puzzle, is the... So the Fantastic Four, I don't know if you've seen the terrible movies. They're awful. Don't watch uh, them. No, just, just pieces of the... Yeah. You know, I've just looked at Michael B. Jordan. That's all I've done. So they're not mutants, so that it it, it doesn't have to come from some other universe or whatever. Right. Um, but they are sort of affected by um, some sort of like space situation that creates their their powers. So they could kind of create the birth of these characters within this timeline. Um I feel like a lot of that, the only issue with that is means then they would have to go through the origin story, which has already been done twice and horribly. So I feel right. like if they introduce the Fantastic Four, it's going to have to be through a, okay, they're already here in this universe. I think they're going to be in the X-Men universe. So it makes me think that she wouldn't know them. Unless he's like a mirror read, you know, maybe there's... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, um, yeah. I, I want you to look at the other theories and tell me who the people are. And then, because yeah. like I said, it's the one that was like, lots of people were talking about for a little bit. And then there was like two or three more theories that people were like, yeah, we like that one better. Nice. And I can't remember who those nice. people were. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know what the words are. I don't know. It's like, it's like talking a, a, another language that I don't really understand where I'm like some guy named Reed and Krasinski <laughs> and what? I don't know. I mean, that is perfect casting. I have to say, like I would totally watch that, but, um, Oh, I will watch the hell out of it. I love the two of them together. They're yeah. so they, their chemistry is good, but they obviously like also really like each other, you know, and are having fun doing stuff. So I totally, the only problem with the Fantastic Four is the thing, and I've been reading the comics, like that's been the mm -hmm. fun thing I've been doing. Um, the thing, the big rock monster played by yeah. Jamie Bell, just does not, yeah, does not play well on screen. It's just, it's a, it's a such a retro y comic book y. Right. So I don't know how they ever get around that because everything else in that universe is fun. Although the stretchy guy, it's all a little goofy. It's like, stretchy guy. What it's, is his name? That's Reed. That's Richard Reed. Reed. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, uh, I don't know. That's going to be a tough one. Um, but I, I think they're making a Fantastic Four movie, right? Like it's they are, already, and it's yeah. supposed to be Krasinski and Blunt. That's yeah. they've, they've talked that that's the casting that has come out. But yeah. it may be two or three years out, yeah. just because of their slate of oh, we own everything. Right. <laughs> I'm going to make a RuPaul joke. Right. I own everything. Opulence. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's marvel <laughs> walking into the club character mutants first <laughs> by the way i know we don't have this on the list but okay drag race did you watch it this week i'm like two weeks behind uh, okay there's a 70s disco theme oh. in this week and these children who do not know the difference between diana ross and donna summer can um, you not say that while i'm drinking I... <laughs> these children <laughs> I am. No I mean, Rue is like, I'm going to slap you, and I'm like, I, I, I will slap the other side. I'm going like, to hold your hand while you do it. It's it's making me angry, but anyways, uh, let's move on. Yeah, I had some moment like that. Oh, it was at work this morning. Okay, so here's where my Pavlovian Hermione. I have to have the answer if I have to shout the answer out if I know it bites me in the ass. Because I'm at work and everybody's talking about, you know, that sports ball thingy that happened that, uh. that over the weekend. And somebody's like, oh, and that 
there was like a halftime show and the guy was really good. I don't know who I was like, and I don't know shit about music, but I read, you know, I have a Twitter feed. And so I had to chirp up like a fucking pop culture bird and yell, it's the weekend. And they all, and the people in my office turned around and went, that's not that person's name. And then I like, was like, Oh God, did I get it wrong? Some then two or three other people were like, no, that's really his name. That's really his name. I was like, and, then the, and they had these masks on and I said, well, apparently that's to symbolize what Hollywood makes people do. I couldn't stop myself. I was I like, Manny, shut up. I love it. And You're just, bringing the, like, I don't know about the sports ball, but. <laughs> but here's some weird ass information about a man. I could not tell you one of his songs if you paid me, but I goddamn well know that what his name is, that he did the halftime show and what those weird bandages on their faces <laughs> i know this is truly a sign of our uh, pop culture podcast that we do not care about the super bowl um nope. so <laughs> nope but we know who the weekend is and we know that he doesn't include the second e in his name yep. for no good reason so there you no go. good reason just because um, he doesn't all right what else did you do what did, what did you do that we saw there Okay. Um, I, as I said up top, I watched a crap ton of really crappy reality TV. I was way behind on all of the housewives. That's Potomac, Atlantic, Orange County, and now Dallas. Yes, there were four wow. going simultaneously. So I watched. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. But I did it. And these women are all terrible. And there are COVID deniers. And it was hilarious at reunions. Anyway, I watched a bunch of that shit. I what is, we used what to is do... the vibe of the Potomac? Like, Potomac. I'm like, what is that Potomac even? Is... I don't know what that is like. <laughs> yeah, well, it's all, it's an all African-American cast. Okay. Um, and some of them are really wonderful. And some of them are really terrible. And some of them are really wonderful and terrible. Um, Potomac is great because they have bring all kinds of crazy drama. Um, one of them talked about, you know, tearing her asshole during labor. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, no, it's they they do not hold back these women. Um, this is not this is so decidedly not for Justin that I don't even know how to explain it to you. But I watched a lot of it, and uh, and even watched some reruns because my Layla and I, uh, sh uh, they really enjoy watching uh, Housewives. And if, uh, if it's just them and I, we watch reruns when nobody else is around to judge us. And uh, so they chose early Atlanta seasons and we've been watching that as well. And that is some crazy shit. And then Olive has jumped on the Vanderpump rules, uh, uh, bandwagon and she watches things binge watches things with the veracity of a fanny darling so <laughs> that's been really fun so all of a sudden i'll just get this string of texts about what the fuck is wrong with these people and it does my heart warm nice um i did make layla take a break from real housewives of atlanta and uh finally got uh three episodes of lovecraft country in uh and with them and with Mitch and um, God damn, if that show isn't great. And I don't think I had watched the first episode since it closed out. It seeds so much in there. And I, I am in awe of this show and I just, nice. I really just still love it. Um, 
with my cult people. Um, we uh, now stars has its Nexium. Uh, it's added to its the Nexium kitty with seduced Nexium inside the sex cult, um, <laughs> which is specifically India Oxenberg's story, who was at the end of the HBO doc still in the cult. Uh, she is out of the cult and telling her story, and it goes deeper into the true ickiness of what happened in Jeunesse and DOS. And yeah, I've watched two of the four episodes and I do not recommend you watch this. And also if you do take lots and lots of of hot showers (laughs) while cooking dinner on my Alexa in the uh, kitchen, I decided it would be a good idea to watch the remakes of name that tune and the weakest link. I've been watching some name that tune. Okay, can we talk about <laughs> Randy Jackson? Yeah, I don't know. Like, what I know about is. Twinks, but he's a twig. Is I he didn't. Sick? I, That's my thought. What? Is he sick? I know. I don't. I don't know. That's I know that he had gone on some like weight loss journey, and I think he even had like the lap band or something. But oh, I God. literally, even though she said his name, it wasn't until like the second or third episode where where he called somebody dog that I realized, oh. Yeah, Randy Dratt Jackson. So yeah, I'm a little worried about him. I will look up and see if it's just a weight loss journey or if we need to look into all you know right. some sort of trial for him because yeah. it's upsetting. Um, and the weakest link is Jane Lynch in the Anne whatever her name is role. It whatever and- these are fine. I watched them. So as somebody that has played trivia with you many times and been, you know, holding on to the fact that music is the one thing I know, um, I, I do enjoy Name That Tune because there's a lot of right. like people that know a lot of terrible, like, aughts music, especially. Right. I'm always just like, what? I, what is that song? That's not a real song. Um, <laughs> you made that shit up. <laughs> but uh, I, I have some Jane, what's her name? Jane... Krasinski. Krasinski. No, Krasinski is John. Right. She's like so, I mean, I'm glad that she did not sleep with Pillow Guy or whatever that whole story was that broke the other week that turned out not to be true. There was a whole My Pillow Jane Krasinski thing. Oh, Um, that would have been very upsetting. Yeah, but she's weirdly, she's so funny when she's used well, but she's... Uh, odd in this show. Everything about yeah, the show it, is odd. <laughs> like it's, we were rooting for you. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's oddly, uh, like smilingly Christian yeah. in a weird way. There's, you know, like that. Weird about it. Yeah, uh, you know, shining. You know, like up with people. There's something very up with people about it. Totally. They agree. show all the people in the audience singing along and really getting into it. And I'm like, I don't. Anyway, totally I watched agree. that. And now I need a yay or nay on this, Justin, because. I have heard some things about the later seasons of Riverdale. And I know in the very early beginnings of this show, we tried to watch an episode of Riverdale when we were still doing recap and we hated it. And I think I might still hate it, but I've heard it go super fucking nuts. And some things (laughs) that I've heard, I kind of want to watch. Like I want to see the prison, like the juvie prison uh, gladiator games that, that, Archie gets involved with this is a thing I think I need to experience so you tell me do I start watching this and report back weekly or whenever we record Lee on Riverdale or do (laughs) do I take do I grasp the better part of sanity and say no just let other people tell you when you shake your head and say yeah that shit's crazy I don't have to watch it 
I mean, here's what I'll say. Until I get a vaccine, <laughs> you can watch whatever you want to talk about it. I, I, that doesn't really make sense, but that's the logic I'm going with. Yeah, so why aren't you watching it? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I got too much other crap to watch. Because you have to rewatch Bob's Burgers. Exactly. Got yeah, not rewatch. I'm still making my way through it. So Okay. Um, cool. That wasn't an answer. <laughs> Do it. Why not? I mean, yeah. All right. Okay. We'll see what happens. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> okay. Um, should I talk about what, what I did? That yes, I call that? because I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> um, I watched uh, Lupin. <laughs> oh, my good Lord. <laughs> I just love to say that. It's such a weird word. Um, Lupin. Lupin. Lupin I, yeah. I fall. <laughs> um, it is a Netflix show uh, starring Omar Sy, directed by Louis Leterrier, who did the um, first terrible Ed Norton Hulk movie. I guess that wasn't the first one. It was like the second one, I think. Um, this is a five-part uh, show based on kind of these books that are sort of uh, Francis Sherlock Holmes, this guy, Lupin, and um, Omar <laughs> Sy is... Uh, I, what I was happy about the show, what I did not expect was it's not actually retelling these stories but it is sort of about a guy who is inspired by these stories and it's sort of mirroring some of the plots it's sort of an updating but sort of a smart way of doing it um it also brings in like a lot of really interesting stuff about sort of modern day kind of france and sort of a black man uh sort of navigating this space and and people's expectations of him and kind of subverting that and uh, and and feeling grief. There's a lot of sort of like WandaVision about sort of dealing with with childhood grief and, and wanting vengeance and what that means. Um, the show is kind of dumb. <laughs> There's like a lot of shit in it where you're just like, that makes no sense. And these people are idiots. And French people are supposed to be smarter than that. <laughs> There's a lot <laughs> of really dumb stuff. Um, but I found it super super entertaining just this is like kind of escapist uh mysteries it's it has a little of the vibe of like the new sherlock holmes thing where a lot of it is so eye-rolling but um right the best parts of it are really fun and i think this one actually has um i'm not gonna say like a better anchor but like it has a good anchor kind of to the the character beats in it um i really liked it i totally can't wait it ended sort of halfway through the story they've already filmed the second half of the season and they're just waiting to drop it but i am oh, nice. kind of sold so i'm just like i think you'd actually when you're you're ready to watch it you'll you'll enjoy it um when it doesn't feel like homework yeah yeah and i can't read and or write right now so i know yeah. i get that i just i can't read shit <laughs> yeah yeah. I'm thinking about maybe a comic book. That's how bad my life is. Oh my god! Well, I got some recommendations. We'll, we'll talk. No, about no, no, no. I, I don't, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that in a. It's like fifteen words for page is about all I can concentrate on. Right. You know. Totally get it. And then pictures that tell me what's happening. Yeah. N- new job, like that'll do it. Yeah, I get it. Oh yeah, I also yeah. have a new job. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I watched Come Play, which had been taunting me on VOD at $20 uh, for a rental for the past, um, I don't know, three months. I feel like this has been the longest, like, premium VOD thing that was just pissing me off because I was like, fuck you, Come Play. You're a $4.99 movie if there ever was one. Um, right. 
I liked this. Did movie. you pay twenty dollars? No, it, it finally came down. That was the uh, okay. so I finally gave in. I think it maybe it was five ninety nine or four ninety nine. Uh, it's Jillian Jillian Jacobs from Love and from Community, uh, playing the mother of a kid with autism, and um, he's seeing this kind of creepy kind of demony creature that is speaking with him through screens. Uh, the backstory of this is maybe borderline offensive about sort of kids with autism and sort of trying to uh, be a parent to them. And yet it's one of those things where you're like, this maybe is a little tasteless, but I'm also glad that it is about something and it's trying to do something with this. Um, there's a lot of kind of clever scares where the kid is basically nonverbal and is only communicating through an app that sort of lets him say things. So there's a lot of like him trying to communicate his terror of this creature that's sort of bonding with him, but sort of not. Um, there are some really good scare scenes in this. I, I think if, if the, you know, the plague hadn't come and this had played at a list or whatever, this probably wouldn't have been a pretty like decent sized horror hit. Um, got a lot of bad reviews. And I think, I don't know why it's pretty fun. It's like, this is kind of what trashy kind of A-list horror movies. I, that's what I want out of them. Come play. It's fun. Um, hey. Framing Britney Spears on Hulu. I had no intention of watching this. I am at best a sort of, you know, super casual Britney Spears song. I like, I think she has a very solid greatest hits album in her. Um, and of course, you know, we've all watched her kind of through her various media incarnations. This documentary is produced by the New York times. It is really about that sort of media narrative and how fucked up all of that was. New York Times is killing it in that stuff, you know. Yeah, I want to watch a few more. Thank you, Ronan Farrow, man. Yeah. I'm so proud of him. (laughs) Totally. Um, So I, the thing that I will say about this, I mean, it's certainly compelling and it's only like an hour and 15 minutes or something. And there's a lot of really good footage and a lot of good analysis. The thing that I was thinking about while watching this a lot is her dad is clearly you know, exploiting her and is a scumbag and is just out for his money and could potentially be like feeding her drugs. Um, But the documentary doesn't also really tackle the fact that she is dealing with some clearly some, some health issues and possibly drug addiction and drug abuse. And, but I'm sort of like, both things can be true. It does. I came away from it feeling a little like it was saying, oh, well, she'd be fine without these people in her life. And I don't know if you've ever looked at her, like, Instagram. Oh, or, no, she's, it's, there's definitely some, yeah. she needs some help. And, and if she could just get it without the stigma and the media, I mean, the media has. Totally. I mean, not since Rose McGowan has the media just gone in and eviscerated someone. And totally. this, you know, this, I, yeah, is she sort of a small town girl who got way too much too fast and had bad people looking out for her and abusing her? Yes. Has she made some mistakes? Yes. But God damned if she isn't the, oh, let us prop you up because you make us lots of money and you're sexy and, and you appeal to that Catholic girl thing. And then let's fucking blame you for it and let's blame you for all the tools we didn't give you and that you didn't know and i just she breaks my heart yeah no the documentary touches on that but it also doesn't quite wrap its arms around the entirety of that conversation so i don't know 
I, but I thought it was interesting and certainly, um, you know, especially early in her career where she does almost seem like a different person. Like you can kind of imagine she probably could have gone down a better path had she not been dealing with all this shit. Um, Because she is like, I think her sister got out much cleaner by getting pregnant at 17 and totally, you know, not poor Absolutely. Um, I also watched for the first time in ages Saturday Night Live, uh, a show that I have not really cared about for many years at this point. Um, people kept sending me the Zillow ad. Have you seen this yet? With um, mm-hmm. it's basically Dan Dan Levy was the, the 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 guest host, and the premise of this fake ad is basically Zillow as the new porn during COVID. So it's sort of <laughs> like, oh yeah, I'm looking. I could buy that house in Ohio for four hundred. Oh yeah, oh, look, there's a mansion. And then it's hilarious. They basically get online with the actual like real the remax dealer who's like hello no that's not available i'll get it. and he's like no no i didn't mean to call you bye and he's like hanging up on the phone um, oh my god it's really funny and the whole episode was really fucking funny i don't know whether there's new writers because I, I swear to god i watched that john krasinski episode for like 10 minutes the other week and i could not make it 10 minutes into it and this episode was actually like oh they're funny people in the cast now and if they just had better writers i actually really enjoyed den levy like as much as we've badmouthed uh schitt's creek he's just funny and fun when he has good material and um yeah go snl come back i would love to have some good snl um Night of the Hunter, a movie that apparently we've talked about multiple times on this podcast, but I don't remember because I can't remember anything. Um, I talked about the time that I rewatched it. I quote that uh, I quote the two lines from it all the time about "Don't he never sleep?" and it's a cruel world for small things. That's true. I talk and I talk about this movie constantly. Yeah, I just rewatched. You talk about it constantly too, actually. I hadn't seen it for years, and I'm in a in a movie like Zoom Club, and somebody else suggested it. Um, actually, Sebastian, a friend of the pod who appeared okay. back, um, he's in my movie club with me, and he had never seen it. Um, so awesome. we, we watched that, and everybody loved it, and it's still great. It is, um, it's interesting to see it again. I haven't seen it in so long. It starts off really as like kind of a bad 50s melodrama B movie, and then it, but then it just like builds. It's almost like seeing the shift from like the 50s into the 60s, like in kind of real time in one movie. It's so strange. Um, I, it was fun to talk about with that crew. Um, it's certainly worth a rewatch. It is so beautifully shot and um, just creepy as hell. And those kids are so good. Um, I've read a couple things. Oh, so good. So good. I finished. <laughs> ringing singing that fucking song with mitchum's overlay of it i just i cannot hear leaning on the everlasting arms without a chill going down my spine also watching and i realized poltergeist 2 a movie that nobody else but me seems to remember oh the creepy old man is robert mitchum completely based off him i just like i forgot how much ripoff that is yeah um not a great movie, but kind of worth it now that I know like what they were ripping off. Um, I was reading, I finished Hench, a book that I think I may have mentioned last episode. This is by Natalie Zena Walshots. I think that's how you say her name. Uh, this, I want you to read badly, Fanny, so we can talk about it. It is a world in which there are superheroes and supervillains. And then there are these like hench people um, who are doing their grunt work, whether that's like data entry or uh, you're like being a driver. And there's sort of, I want to be the data entry for henchmen. I mean, yes, please. 
Facebook has you all over it. And basically, it's also kind of an office comedy about how the people in those positions are the smartest people in the room and smarter than the supervillains are working for, the superheroes. It's funny. It's dark. Uh, it really got under my skin by the end of it. It is... Uh, I really think as far as like kind of superhero pop culture goes, really exciting and, and it leaves it open for another book. And so I'm really I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then I'm reading currently Vanished Birds, which is also a recent book by uh, Simon Jimenez. I think that's Jose's name. This is a um, sort of. Um, N.K. Jemison sort of style, like, you know, sort of future alternate worlds, but sort of also has this sort of mythic um, sort of old school kind of spiritual feeling to it. I love it so far. It's great. The writing is wonderful. There's so much good fucking sort of writing happening right now. And I'm just really happy. Like, the, it's my favorite gift from COVID. Seriously, is like learning to fall in love with books again. I'm so happy about that. I can't stop reading. Um, and I'm reading shitty Marvel comic books and reading a book. So it's like, um, it's nice. nice. Yeah. That's it for me. Um, do you have any nexes or anything? I, there, we talked, there was like, I would like for people that I really love and respect to stop dying before Trump dies. Yeah. That's my next is Cloris Leachman, Christopher Plummer and Cicely Tyson dying. I know they were all in their nineties. I get that. But, and Trump sitting in Mar-a-Lago, that's my next. Um, there was some stuff we talked about. I have to start writing down my pop culture notes. Uh, because I think there was something that made me mad besides the people dying. Um, but I don't remember what it was. So, no, I don't have a Nix. Short answer, long, I'm, I don't have a Nix. <laughs> I'm definitely going to Nix Marilyn Manson, but he been done next. I don't yeah, I was not surprised. <laughs> um, I mean, I was angered anew, but, yeah, it didn't, not surprising. So, uh, that sucked. Yep. And how many women, you know, have been dealing with it and not felt okay to say something as usual. Um that's a shitty world to be living in. Um, yep. All right. So if you have thoughts on any of this, so we know you got WandaVision thoughts. Please come talk to us on uh, Facebook at the next podcast. You can email us at motion and exit Gmail. Uh, we are on Twitter. I've been way more active on Twitter at Justin Hartung. Yeah, uh, you've like at least once a day. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm like suddenly like, you know, well, I think it's because the or bad orange man is gone. I feel like it's more fun again. Um, <laughs> they ain't no bad orange man anymore. <laughs> mummy, mummy, the naked American man just stole my balloons and took the orange man with him. Totally. I'm, I'm sorry. I've had a, apparently a lot to drink and I didn't mean to. <laughs> uh, we're also at the next podcast and Fanny's on Twitter at? At Fanny V. Darling. So come talk to us. We love it and we will see you next time. Bye.